Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to episode 14 of the daily podcast. The da- <laughs> I'm sorry. Sherry totally bust me up today, but it's okay. I'm going to start over. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of the Daily Attorney Podcast, where we talk to women attorneys all over the U.S. who are simply amazing at what they do inside and outside of the legal profession. Our guest today is the principal of the law office of Sherry Fleming, Ms. Sherry Fleming. The law office focuses on business formation, succession planning, real estate, estate planning, and estate administration. In addition to being a rock star in the legal field, Ms. Fleming founded Our Legacy Matters. This is a community with the sole purpose of advancing the concepts of ownership, wealth, maintenance, and wealth retention within communities of color. Most recently, Ms. Fleming has been named one of the daily records, one of our newspapers here um, in the state of Maryland, the Daily Records 2021 Leadership in Law Generation JD honorees. And this is simply due to her dedication to the practice of law and her community. Sherry, thank you so much for being with us today. It is an honor and pleasure to just simply have you on the show. Um, You totally messed up my intro, but it's it's fine. That's what happens when you do live TV, right? (laughs) No, no, thank you for having me. I can be a character, it's Friday. I'm working, but I'm kind of off, so I'm just a bag of jokes at this point. This week has been rough for me, so <laughs> lighthearted. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, this next half hour or so provides uh, some level of comedy and inspiration and some relief for us, right? Yeah. I'm actually doing the opposite today. Usually on Fridays, it's a little lighter, but uh, today I asked myself in the mirror, I said, you know, I listened to Louise Hay, and she says to ask yourself, how can you make yourself happy? So it's my second day doing it. Yesterday, apparently, I told myself to be kind. Today, it was be productive. Yes. So I said, I remember when it came, I was like, that's not what I was looking for, but fine. So I came in here, and I sat down, and I was like, all right, typing away. Um, so I've been productive today, which is always a, you know, a wonderful blessing. Um, But nevertheless, today is definitely about you. Thank you for being here. And I know prior to um, what messed up my intro, or rather what um, derailed my intro a little bit, was the fact that you disclosed you've been public speaking for 20 years. Yeah, so when when you count it up, um, one thing I don't think we do as attorneys, um, women and more specifically women of color who practice law, we don't really give ourselves the credit that we deserve. And so when I think about how long I have really been speaking to large and small groups, it has been nearly 20 years and I'm dating myself because it started in college where I I wasn't, I, first of all, <laughs> I like to talk, but talking, in front of large groups, it's very intimidating. We started the conversation because we were talking about the ums and how to get rid of the ums. And I haven't gotten rid of the ums after all of this, all of this time. I've just learned to pause and uh, speak slower so I can grab my words. But when I think about it, it has been 20 years. I started college at 17. I just turned 38. And I have been speaking to groups of people for 20. And it, this is actually the first time I've ever done the calculation of speaking to you. But 
that's the reality of it for me. And and I'm still nervous every single time. <laughs> you know what? That's that's crazy. You said a, a first of all, happy belated birthday. Um, <laughs> I am also turning 38, um, May 19th. So my birthday is about two months away. Yes. Um, I, my ums, I did a live yesterday. I just sat there. I was like, my producer's laughing because I just, I was like, how many times did I say, um, and you know what I used to do? And I don't do that anymore. I used to go back and look at how many times I said it. And I'm like, that's not helpful to me. Right. So now I go back and I look, did I provide the content that I wanted to provide? Did I, was I clear? Was I concise? That's what I focus on, you know, and if that works, that works. If it doesn't, exactly. we'll try it again, right? And be kind um, to yourself. I love that you started off like that. Be kind. It's something that we need to do, something that I'm learning, I think, maybe in the past five years is to be nicer to myself and to really think about what I've accomplished. I, I, I don't know about anyone else who goes into the legal field. This is kind of true for a lot of my friends uh, that are in the legal field as well, but we don't really uh, appreciate the moment. I don't really appreciate the moment. And I think that is the most evil thing you can do to yourself, right? And so I am in a space as I'm doing all of this self-reflection as I near and creep towards 40, I'm doing <laughs> self-reflection. And one of the things that I'm learning is that I need to really acknowledge what I have accomplished, appreciate it for its greatness, given where I started, <laughs> appreciate mm -hmm. its greatness. And that is the essence of being kind to myself. That's where it starts for me to say, all right, Sherry, you still have to, you still have to work hard. You still have to pursue your goals, new goals and new dreams pop up all of the time. Yeah. But be nice to yourself, appreciate what, you, what you've done for yourself and for others in this moment. So I love that you started with that because it's, it's really something that I say to myself multiple times of the week, especially like today you're, you're being productive. And one of the ways you can be kind to yourself is knowing what, what is production? Maybe mm -hmm. I didn't accomplish everything on my to-do list, but what else did I do? I was productive. That's another way where you can be kind to yourself. Otherwise you feel like you're constantly on this hamster wheel, uh, yes. never quite reaching a goal and it's frustrating and it's annoying. And you always feel like you're behind a curve when in actuality, you're probably 10 steps ahead of everyone else. So, And we're very, I think, you know, you alluded to it earlier. We're very critical of ourselves. Um, you know, public speaking, I think for me, um, and, you know, everything you're saying, it's almost like you were literally sitting in my office yesterday. Um, because I had this conversation about, you know, the rat race and being kind and just appreciating, right? I've thankfully in my 30 something years, I've accomplished a lot, but when someone tells me I've accomplished X, Y, I'm like, oh, like it's, it's, it's like news. It's like breaking news, right? Because in my mind, it's just, oh, it's just something that I'm doing. Right. And yes, it's done now, but what's next? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm now learning like you after years don't, it's okay to acknowledge that there's something next, but it's also wonderful to celebrate what celebrate. you've just done. 
every right? single every time every time celebrate. And, <laughs> and are you are you like me i am so quick to celebrate other people's successes and their wins but not my own well i first of all i like to have a good time so i'm looking for anything to celebrate at any point in time. And it's not for me, it's not that I don't want to celebrate my own wins. I do want to celebrate them. I just don't want to do it. Like I don't want to arrange the celebration. Um, part of why I say this week was so tough because every world collided. Uh, I, I'm a mother of three <laughs> girls. <laughs> I'm a wife. We've just celebrated our 15th uh, wedding anniversary. Congratulations. I am, you know, a business owner one and then a business owner who is a practitioner who is a lawyer because they're not necessarily the same two hats mm -hmm. on any given day all of those worlds kind of came crashing down and then i think the icing on the cake for me is that i watched all three days of uh the confirmation hearings and oh. it was exhausting oh you did that like, i did I, I oh i love watching them i always watch them i think that i needed to gird myself a little more i i should not have watched with uh, the world you know uh, life just happening you know my yeah. daughter went through something personal then by the middle of the week my middle daughter was she's developing she's going through Aww. identity issues and so dealing with the two of them and i have a four-year-old two one teenager teenager one almost seen 12. Yeah. Four -year -old. so dealing with them and you know kind of bearing the weight of them growing into being young ladies on, yeah. the, on the back end I'm, i can see where it's going and i'm like no you know it's kind of bearing that weight but being silent so they can kind of find their own way yeah, probably the toughest thing I've ever done in my life. But then having that going on while you are trying to create estate plans for families who are in crisis, all while watching the, these hearings where you're seeing this phenomenal woman that looks just like you, that has a story just like you, that is more accomplished than most of the people sitting in a room yeah. being pretty much torn down. It yeah. felt like I was being torn down. So how all of that come together. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do it. I, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that I'm sounds tired. like a rough week, Sherry. It's I uh-uh. I was not gonna put myself uh through that. I don't watch news, I don't I don't do social media. I learned a long time ago that I have to preserve my energy. Yes. That's and you know, sitting there and tearing it down. You could be the most accomplished, beautiful, perfect person in the world, you know, by Western standards. Um, and they, someone would still find something to tear exactly. you down. Exactly. You know, um, my mom always tells me it's one thing for people to just talk about you just because it's another thing for you to give them a reason to talk. So that's kind of how I live my life. When I realize that, like, you know, because parents always say weird stuff when you're young, you know, like <laughs> just weird, weird sayings. And you're just like, what is she, what is she, what does that even mean? You know, but as you get older, you're like, oh, okay, okay. That's why she said this and that. So I learned some time ago that people tear down when someone is not happy they find reasons to make other people unhappy, yes. right? Um, and as lawyers, 
we find that a lot, mm -hmm. right? Um, our clients come to us, especially in certain areas, and they may be going through the worst time of their lives. And they may not be the best person at that time, you know, and they might tear you down, they might tear your staff down, they might say or do something that they ordinarily would not do. So I'm, I'm learning to just preserve that energy and to say no. I say no more now this quarter than I've probably said in my entire life. Good for you. Good I just, I say no, 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 no. No is a, it's, it's um, it is a weapon for me. <laughs> it is a weapon. And usually it's, it's really interesting because I really don't, I don't have the time to watch the news. Um, I catch, you know, alerts on my mm. phone. I don't really have the, have the time um, unless I, I also teach. So I do watch some things because I like to bring current events into uh, the What do platform. you teach? You said what or where? What do you teach? What? So I teach uh, business law towards intro to law, um, a, a myriad of courses. I've been teaching I've been practicing for 13 years. I've probably been teaching for 10 or 11. So when do you sleep? So I do. I have a great, because people say this all of the time. Yeah. I have a really, really tight schedule. So this is why okay. I know is a weapon for me because oh. I, I use it a lot. And so I sleep more than eight hours. I actually don't. I have my alarm clock set. I actually never, it's rare that it I it actually wakes me up because I'm usually up, but I have a very good routine that took me a, a while to get, but it required me to say no to uh, some things and yes to things that were aligned and according to what it is that I'm should that I should be doing. So I sleep every day. I am in the bed. Winding down probably starts at seven. Same. My do not disturb says, hey, bedtime's at eight. Yeah, and it's I just have a automatically. And I am in the bed before the bedtime alarm goes off. And so I'm usually in the bed by eight o'clock, unless it's a day that I've decided to go a little later and I wake up, my alarm clock goes off at 6.30, but I'm yeah. up before then. I can be up at 5, 5.30. And that's my time to listen to the stillness of the day before my four-year-old gets up. She's the first one to get up and she's like, let's go. What are we doing today? Oh, no. so, so yeah, I, I, I am rested. I, I have plenty of time to sleep. My work day um, typically consists, I'm, I do school drop off because even being a business owner, I'm still the one with a more flexible schedule. My husband actually has a very rigid schedule. My schedule is flexible. So I do drop off in the morning and then we're at work. Uh, we're, we're working. My, I don't really have any meetings that start before 10 o'clock. If it is something that starts before 10 o'clock, it's something that just requires me to listen in and doesn't require my participation. The participation. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. We actually made that switch because I found that like when I'm getting in here, I do drop offs too. I just have one 14 year old boy who's a walking zombie in the morning. Um, <laughs> so I'm the one doing the wake ups. I had to buy this ridiculously loud, obnoxious alarm, uh, to wake him up. Cause I said, I'm not doing wake ups anymore. Like, is, I just can't do it. You're 14. You should be waking yourself up. So I pretty much have the same routine. I wake up around five, I work out, do what I need to do and start the day. But by the time you get to the office around eight, eight 30, your brain is still trying to kind of wind down from the commute. And then on top of that, to get wrapped around what you need to do when you 
get here, you know, because we have mail issues, we have um, email issues, we have appointments, we have court, we have whatever it is that we have on the plate, you know, so it's important. And I love that you have a routine too, where you're just like, okay, I'm going to have the stillness here, get into the chaos and then go back into the stillness. Because I think that that's very um, important. And I don't have my email um, on my phone. I do not have work emails on my phone. No. I don't think I would be able to survive. No. no. When I leave here, I leave here. Yeah. 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 Well, I, that's true. So I do cutting off to me. I'm able, I'm able to disconnect without, with, there were, there was one time when I didn't have certain emails on my phone, email addresses, but I have learned the behavior of disconnecting without cutting, without actually disconnecting it from my phone. So when I do leave a space, I leave. I do a lot of time blocking. I don't think that I would not be able to juggle without time blocking. Uh, One key thing that has quite frankly led to my success and really time management to the extent that I can, I do not do any meetings before one. All of my meetings are in the afternoon just because I had to learn myself okay. and when I'm my best self. And so if I have document drafting or I have reading, whatever it is that I have to do, if I don't do that in the morning, it's a wash. Oh, it's okay. It's a wash for me. Okay. So See, I, for me, it's the opposite. Oh. It's the opposite. Because by 1.30, two o'clock, I'm starting to pay attention. Oh, I got to go in. I got to get MJ. So that means that I got to get this done. In the, so I, I I have to have all the meetings and stuff done um, beforehand. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't know that um, I'm not a morning person. I remember my teacher in like middle school was just like, you know, one day when you go to work, you're, you're just going to have to become a morning person. I'm not. I'm never you're not a morning person. No, and I get up at five o'clock and I'm just like everybody quiet. Like my house with three girls is probably the quietest place you can ever be in the morning. None of us outside of good morning Mm -hmm. until we're dressed and all downstairs for us to have our time together before everybody departs. Mm -hmm. It is silent. (laughs) Oh, you'd you'd kill me then. You'd kill me. (laughs) I am Chatty McCathy, 24 hours, seven days a week. I wake up, I'm like, Camille's laughing because she knows I'm a talker. I'm like, good morning, everyone. I'll go into my son's room. I'm like, pop up, wake up. It's a beautiful Monday. He's like, get off of me. I am that happy, cheery. I'm walking back and forth. I've got Eric Thomas um, blasting in the background, talking about being your best self and the power of everything. Believe in yourself. And I'm like, yes, Eric, let's get it. Let's get this Monday. That's that is literally me in the morning. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I, I'm, I, I, crawl. I and I'm I'm envisioning my middle daughter's uh, face because some mornings I am again. I may have been up at four four thirty, depending on what the morning is, right? So uh-huh. I have time, and I'm like, "Good morning," and she's like, "Mom." <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you get it from me. I I have never been, I can stay up all night. So so that's oh. why I have such a bedtime routine because if I don't wind down and shut down, I, I can be up. I can be up to oh. the next day. I can be up all night. My mind will wander. I literally have to hold it captive. Okay. Go, okay. go to bed. I don't really, so this is why I miss out on TV. And my husband is dead sleep at eight o'clock. Like okay. eight o'clock, 
He is snoring. I, sometimes I turn the TV on. Sometimes I don't. Um, sometimes I'm like, I don't care. He's going to sleep. Regardless. It doesn't matter. Um, but recently I've started doing Sudoku at night. Oh, I love Sudoku. I've started kind of doing it, you know, uh, on my phone or tablet. It's been on my phone because I don't bring my tablet up to the bedroom. Because to me, if I have like, so. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, with eight, my eyes are getting yes. weaker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so that's really why having email on a phone really doesn't matter because I'm not reading it on the, on my phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I don't bring my tablet to the bedroom, but I do bring my phone. And so if I'm like, oh, I can't fall asleep, but I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not going to turn on any major lights. I don't want to cut on the TV because maybe he's not really asleep. So I started doing Sudoku and I'm like, <gasps> It's a wonderful game. It's mentally stimulating. It helps you, you know, with numbers and everything like that. Oh my gosh. I've been doing those. I don't know for how many years I have so many Sudoku books books. It's crazy. Um, the, if you really want good ones, the New York times publishes their own. Um, so you definitely want to get those. Those are so challenging. They will make you want to throw the book out the window. <laughs> they are, but they are so fun. Um, you answered so many of my questions, but I feel like I haven't really even, I really wanted to ask you, um, how did you decide um, to, you know, like enter the field of doing work with Our Legacy Matters? Because um, I think that that, you know, that is amazing. Is it a nonprofit? So it's not a nonprofit. I'm still um, in the discovery phase trying to figure out what I want to do with it because it wasn't planned. So essentially, I started my law practice accidentally. Like I don't I don't have this great plan. Like I saved and I, you know, wanted to be my own boss. And so I started law practice. And that's not how it happened. I left my job because I was frustrated and tired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was going into real estate more so. Um, and my husband and I had rental properties that I managed. And I had a former colleague, a form of actually former opposing counsel who told me, uh, well, basically asked me, like, are you going to solo practice? I'm like, no. And then my my grandfather passed away, who raised oh, me. He was, he was he was a father figure, and um, so I'm trying to. I'm I'm in this really. It's an identity crisis, right? <laughs> it's happening because so many things are changing. I left my yeah, I left my job with no real concrete plan, which is you have to really know me to know that that is craziness in itself. Scary. Even say it now. Um, my grandfather passed away, and I was just in this place trying to figure life out. And I had opposing counsel come to me and say, are you starting a law practice? No, my, my granddad just that. What are you talking about? I'm morning. Get out of here. She's, I call you back in three weeks. She called me back in three weeks, gave me a, a very large retainer to oh. um, assist her with something. And lo and behold, I had a practice, but I wasn't serious about it. And so um, we decided to have a third child rooting for a boy, ended up getting another girl. She's a blessing nonetheless. And <laughs> that really, that was for the first time, I think in my adult life and practicing law at that time for maybe seven or eight years that I was just like, what the heck do you want to do? Like, mm. What do you want to do with your mm. career? With mm. all of who you are, born and raised in the South Bronx, went to Lincoln University, the first HBCU, moved to Maryland to go to law school. 
all of this story that you have, what do you want to do? What what are you what imprint are you going to leave on the earth? Why? My grandfather had just passed away and it became very clear to me that a man that I saw as great in this earth, not by worldly standards, but to our family, when you look up the definition of patriarch, there he stands, right? And so losing him, it, it really hit home for me because I recognize that a community of people lost someone. Mm. And I, and from that point on, I was just like, well, what are people going to say about me when I leave here? Oh my God. <laughs> what are they going to say oh about me? What did I contribute to the world? I know what I've done for myself and for my family, but what imprint have I left on the world and with people? And so I'm really thinking about these things. And that would, that, that time of having that, and it was a small, a couple of months, it wasn't like a years, but having that time to really think my practice areas are focused on those areas where we could build work wealth, uh, yeah. meaning individuals of color. We have the opportunity to build wealth quicker um, mm -hmm. with these uh, tools that is real estate and business organizations, and then making arrangements to transfer the wealth that we're, we're building to yeah. future generations. And that's when a state administration and um, excuse me, estate planning and straight administrate estate administration probate. A lot of people don't know <laughs> that those two things are interchangeable. Yes, sometimes, but probate. That's when it. I said that's what I want to do. These are. This is what I am going to uh, focus my legal career on. And they, for me, they really, it really comes second nature. I had so many friends come to me and say, oh, you're surprised? Because again, from the outside, they're like, you, you talk about this stuff all of the time. Yeah. How yeah. I not know. <laughs> you know, I had a friend that said, remember nine years ago, before I even went to law school, before I even entered law school, I was talking about these things and I, it just didn't click for me. And so all of that confirmation, I started practicing and in starting estate planning, I think one of the most frustrating areas for me or one of the most frustration frustrating feelings is that i found myself with one foot in one world with an in another foot in another world and so i found myself with one foot in this world where wealth and in wealth by several meanings you know you can have assets minus liabilities <laughs> you can talk about wealth in a sense of health and being whole, um, you know, education, there education. There are many different concepts mm -hmm. that we can use when talking about wealth, as you know, but finding myself in this with one foot in this world where there are like no limitations and barriers on wealth and the way in which you can yeah. plan for it and yeah. being in that world and not seeing many yeah. of people who look like me. Yeah. And, world. <laughs> yeah. and then having a foot in my regular world, which is home, yeah. where everyone looks like me. And I felt, and I literally felt this, I felt like with my feet planted in two different places, I was being ripped apart because those worlds were becoming um, further and further apart. And so um, then I started doing all this research and this reading, and I'm like, 
racial wealth gap. Oh no, it's a real thing. It it's a real thing. I don't really, I don't just feel it. It's an actual thing that explains every experience I've ever had. Yay, I have a language. Now that I have yep. a language to use and understanding, I'm empowered to do something to change it. And so uh, our Legacy Matters really started with me having small community conversations um, giving vocabulary uh, certain certain words <laughs> we we have certain yes. vocabulary they just don't mean the same thing <laughs> yes so it yeah. started with small community conversations um trying to identify why why it, it, so when you look at the racial wealth gap there are many factors which we're not even going to go into but my thought process was okay what can i do to support my community and having us doing the part, playing our part. What do we need to do on our end to make sure that we are not co-conspirators right. <laughs> in the growth right. of this gap, right? right? What can we do? That means right. we need to educate ourselves. We need to have financial literacy. Um, we need to make sure that we're estate planning in the, in the best ways possible. We need to see value to even see that, have, that we have estates. And when I say communities of color, I really truly truly mean um all communities of color because we we all and we all have similar stories and similar mm -hmm. circumstances and another thing is we are um very diverse <laughs> in our yeah. own community we don't yeah. all have the same experience not Some one bit have more experience with wealth yeah. than others yeah. but there is still a, a disconnect because we are not as connected or as wealthy um, as Caucasian individuals. So it, it really started grassroots, it still is in a lot of ways, with just having conversations about what I see to be some of the issues. And it's really limited because it's limited to what I see in practice, what I hear from other professionals, and just having an understanding of, of um, what's going on in the community and how to change the way we think and yeah. feel about certain things. See, but that's, that's where it starts though, right? It's the way that you think. And if you're surrounded by individuals, what I find is, um, if you're surrounded by individuals who think like you, how far can you go? Yes. Right? That was a concept that I, I just didn't understand until I understood it. <laughs> you know, uh, probably, what, 15 years ago when I decided to go to law school? I was like, yeah. I'm, and by the way, you and I are technically not even supposed to be engaging. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Gosh, did not know that. Hey, listen, we are family. When I know, I know. We're in New York. We can be separated. That we is true. To together right now. <laughs> Outside of there, we're good. We're together. Yes. yes. Um. So when you said South Bronx, I actually, I've probably been to the Bronx once or twice in my lifetime. I, yeah, I, it's just not, you know, I stay in my little neck of the woods in Brooklyn and just do not deviate. I actually... I used to work in Long Island and that's kind of where I fell in love with the suburban life because I was like, yeah, I, I'm not a city girl. So I, I was just like, okay, gotta go. But I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, but as far as education goes, you know, when I was probably like 1920, I realized that the way I think and the people that I listen to, you can't take Jim Rohn back to Brooklyn, 
right? You can't take Eric Thomas there. You can't take Louise Hay there and all these Les Brown and all these different influencers that just show you that there's a different community out there, right? And there's a different level of education, each one teach one type of mentality. So I am doing it and I'm doing it through, you know, the foundations that I'm creating and, and different, you know, endeavors. I can talk to you about that, um, uh, you know, backstage, but like you, I feel as though there is a disconnect there. And the disconnect that I see is, and I have the same issue too, you know, because this podcast was born out of me saying, I am tired of arguing for my limitation, right? I am tired of thinking I can't do something or shouldn't do something because I'm not tall enough or I'm not skinny enough or I'm not whatever enough, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not educated enough. Um, all these things are things I can work on, mm -hmm. right? They're not, they're fluid. So ultimately my decision was you got to get out there. You got to get educated. I've had clients call and they don't even know what an estate means. Right. So instead of judging, I don't do that because it's not my, first of all, it's not my place to judge and it's not okay to judge. So what I do is I say, okay, well, this is what an estate means. And I break it down into very simple language and they're like, okay, I get it. Or I get people that say, you know, when you're talking to them, especially my Caribbean folks, <laughs> I don't have an estate. Yes, you, yes, you do. do. Yes. Yes. Everything yes. in your house, your yes. cars, yes. your bank accounts, it is something of value, you know, and they, they don't understand that. So one of the next things that, um, you know, we're doing is we're going to start doing some in-person seminars, uh, just free educational seminars, just to educate people. Because I feel like the more people see us out there, they'll realize, oh, okay, this is not for, you know, someone who has blonde hair and blue eyes, right? Because that's the story that someone told somebody, I don't know who told it, don't care who told it, but I'm telling a different story, right? I'm telling a, it's possible story. If you have a penny in the bank, you know, it, you need to do X, Y, and Z story. Um, but that brings me to your next question. What are you guys doing right now that is, um, you know, that you're, you're any projects or anything in the works that you're um, other than our legacy matters? So uh, you're going to say, when do you sleep? Okay, so just have, just I've already, I've, I've already <laughs> figured it out that you actually don't sleep, that you think that when you're sleeping, you're actually still working. You just don't know it. <laughs> I actually, um, with with a friend of mine, we actually have a nonprofit that we okay. operate uh, called Community Impact. Um, and it started just to serve the no northeastern region of Baltimore County, Maryland, oh, wow. uh, where we are located. Um, and so we, we operate it. It is a 501c3. And so th through that nonprofit, so when you say is our legacy matters going to be a nonprofit, I'm like, I can't do another one. So through <laughs> through that nonprofit, that's really where I do a lot of the community-based services through um, our board. And so one of the things that our legacy matters is promoting and that I am promoting through a uh, uh, 
partnership with the nonprofit and my firm is we are focused on financial literacy, financial mm-hmm. literacy. We do if we go, we have a whole bunch of other ser- services, but this particular partnership with my firm, the Our Legacy Matters campaign and a nonprofit is to promote financial literacy, which is the baseline. Uh, the more I talk to people, the more I'm realizing I'm like, all right, here's the pain point. Let's start with financial literacy and this whole this generational wealth planning. It, it will come, but let's start with financial literacy. And so we have a youth financial literacy program. It's false for a small group of youth. Um, we're actually ending the first stint where they are learning the fine uh, the fundamentals of financial literacy. The second part of it, I have teamed up, teamed up with a colleague who's a financial a planner, and the nonprofit is going to donate a sum of money to each child or in the name of each child to create investment accounts. And he is going to walk them through investing in small, small cohorts, um, understanding with what all of the numbers and the symbols mean on the NASDAQ, letting them figure out for themselves what they want to invest in, letting them see their money grow. I think one of the issues with investing is that we have a problem with, or not a problem, but it is a a desire for immediate gratification. And so yeah. we want to get the youth yeah. used to, you know, there is some benefit to delay gratification. And so the, the accounts will be theirs. The nonprofit is going to, to donate to them, essentially. The accounts are theirs and he's going to work with them until they are sufficient enough and they can go off and, and be great. And then we'll bring in another cohort of youth. So the one thing that I realized very early on with trying to dis, um, do things with the Our Legacy Matters campaign is that we work best with small groups of people who are actually interested. Instead of doing broadcasts for yes. the masses, we, yeah. we work best or we're more efficient and we're um, more productive and have better outcomes. And so right now I do a lot of small group sessions. Actually, this month has been ridiculous. I have a session tonight at nine o'clock oh, wow. <laughs> seven, with, oh, a small, okay. with a small group of caregivers. I did a session maybe two weeks ago with a group of caregivers explaining, giving them the opportunity to ask the questions freely um, in an educational environment, um, promoting the use of professionals. Um, Once you get into tax, these these online tax softwares work well, LegalZoom, and I I tell people to stay away from, yeah, I tell people stay away from, from LegalZoom. I, you know, I've offered to just review stuff from LegalZoom and just edit it for free if I have to. Oh, I don't do any editing. Yeah, no. It's so, you know, getting. Well, because you got to take out a lot. You pretty much have to redo the right? But if if the person, if the client doesn't want to, I'll say, okay, well, these are your issues. Because my issues with, with LegalZoom is it's not really. They say it's state specific, but it's not, right? Because we have certain provisions that have to be in there and they're not in there. But my thing is it's lesser of two evils. I'd rather have you have something rather than have nothing. And right? so, and I used to think that, but I don't because mm. I do the administration and sometimes oh, yeah. the cleanup of poorly written documents is worse. Yeah. You you could have rolled the dice with intestate secession and we would have been Literally, okay. and we would have been fine. <laughs> but yeah, now we, we would have been fine. Problem. 
And yeah. so my I use these I use these small groups to educate, like I said, vocabulary. This is what these things mm-hmm. mean. This is how they work in tandem with one another. Here are some other things you need to be concerned about: long-term care planning, Medicaid planning, VA planning. Um, mm-hmm. I practice in those areas as well. And so, it, but it's also my opportunity to say, hey. Let me pitch this legal service to you. I understand that you have distrust of professionals. I understand that you may have had a bad experience or something in you just says it's not right. Or you may say you cannot afford it, which is never an excuse for me. Um, I'm sorry. I just value you pay for what you value. And that's it. Bottom line. One thousand percent. And so I we have it's the opportunity for me to have those type of discussions in small group and to and to and empower them to say you don't have to go with any lawyer. And investigate, do some research, do some interviews. You know, if a consultation costs money, say, I don't really want a consultation. I want to have a 10 minute conversation to see if you're a good fit. I would do that because my consultations yeah. aren't free, but yeah. I would still do that. I would have a have a brief conversation just so long as you don't ask me any legal advice. We're good to go. And so, um, you know, I am I empower them because I really want to particularly for uh, the business owner uh, who doesn't know he or she is an actual business owner, they're out mm-hmm. here making money, lifting numbers, yeah. DoorDash, um, yeah. carriers, Instacart carriers, mm-hmm. um, someone who's babysitting someone else's kid, doing them a favor, but getting a you know payment. Once the IRS sees you as a business owner. Yeah. Sweetie, you're a business owner. And so we need to have some conversation about what these things are and to build professional services into your budget if you're going to be serious about your business. Because I I get the painful phone calls from the person who didn't want me to set up their business organization and who didn't want me to refer them to a CPA or a bookkeeper. And they didn't want me to do all of this stuff because they could do it all all their own. And And now they're in trouble. They have been successful, yeah, but they're being audited, and they don't understand why. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and so I, I, and I, I just hold my head, and so I give these real life stories, and I see, like you, so many horror stories that it's not, it's not funny, and it's not fiction. But I need you to get wisdom out of someone else's error. Yeah. And so that's that's what yes. I use small groups for. Yes, um, <laughs> Profe- uh, Professor uh, Jose Anderson always said to us in our uh, Confirm Pro classes. He said, um, um, "Any fool can learn from his own mistakes, but a genius learns from that of others." Yes, I just that, said that to my daughters. <laughs> that has stuck in my head for like, and I haven't been in law school for years, and that has stuck in my head. Um, So I agree with you 1000%. For community impact, do you mind sending me an email um, disclosing how much you guys are um, donating so I can match it? Absolutely. 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 All right. I want to match your, I want to match your donation. Thank Um, you. No, you're, you're welcome. Um, I'm actually starting a nonprofit. Mine is going to be geared towards, um, high school and college students who want to take like the legal track um, and will be providing um, uh, financing for their accommodations to go see colleges, accommodations to go see law schools, their LSAT costs, the the course of the 
you and I both know that bar exam is not cheap. Um, the cost of the bar exam materials and classes and all that stuff uh, will also be partnering with uh, different hotels in order to get, you know, discounted rates for certain rooms. But we will be taking care of all that because I remember when I was, you know, going to law school um, and even college, you know, my mom um, and my dad, they worked their butts off. But, you know, New York City is not cheap. It's so you know, they didn't have the money. And I remember, you know, applying for all of those fee waivers, you know, with LSAC, right? And sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I hope these fee waivers come through. But the crazy thing is I wasn't focused as I should have been on the LSAT prep, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was thinking about fee waivers. I was thinking, can I afford dot, dot, dot? Will my mom be okay if I do this or spend this? So I feel that, you know, if these kids... If, if these young adults rather can focus on just the academic part, they can one day sit at a confirmation hearing. You get yes. what I'm saying? You yes. just never know. You never, ever, ever yes. know. Um, so this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I also do a lot of community work. I was actually at our board meeting yesterday. Um, I'm part of the Harvard County Bar Foundation. We do community outreach in um, Harvard County, Cecil County. Um, and uh, we actually have an, an event coming up um, in April where we do expungements. Um, and it's funny because I own, I do states and states and trusts and tax work. That's my those are my areas. But I do the expungements because the amount of feedback and it's so instant, and that's what gravitated me towards it. It takes probably sixty to ninety days to fully get something expunged, right? And that's prior to COVID. And people call me back and they're like, Marie, I got the job. Yes. I was able to get into the school. I got this, I got this, and I got that. Um, the amount of shame that comes with making a mistake yeah. and having it pop up on case search every single time you go to apply for an entry level position, not good, right? Yeah. It's punitive and it's counterintuitive to public policy that wants people to take care of themselves. I can't yes. take care of me if I can't get a job, right? right. So ultimately, I started doing um, that, you know, community outreach there. And I was like, you know what, I'm doing expungements. And I'm, I added it to my website and we, you know, I take cases from um, pro bono from MVLS. So that's another area that we do. Um, I do um, a lot of legal services um, outreach with the Bar Foundation. We do something called Determine Your Destiny, where seniors, we invite seniors from anywhere in the state. They don't have to be, you know, Harford and Cecil County residents. And they come in and we do an estate plan for them for free. And it's Good. an entire workshop. We get sponsored. Um, the last event that we had, I actually sponsored it. We have another one coming up. Um, so I am always looking to give back. So if I can match your donation dollar for dollar, um, let me know. And, you know, I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot more. Yes. Yeah. yes. Th this has definitely been uh, very memorable. It's one of the things that I'm that I'm getting, and I'm so sorry to have monopolized your time like this. Oh, but, no, you're um, fine. <laughs> one thing that I am getting um, from this, and I, I wrote it down, I always have my notes and I write down, you know, what I learn and, and stuff like that. Um, I literally wrote down, she cares. 
And I sort of, I do. I'm not even joking. She cares. I do. And you, you, I, I get, I get weepy and I'm not a crier at all. I, I'm just, it's not in me, but I do really, really, really I am a crier. Don't make me cry. My makeup looks good today. I do. I do. I do really care. I think about the village that I had to get to this point. First of all, let me, let me be very clear. My family and my extended, you know, family friends and cousins that aren't really cousins, I think they think I'm a superhero of some sort and I'm not yes. by any circumstance, right? Yes. But the the village that I had growing up, even into adulthood, even now, even mm -hmm. when I had crisis with my daughter, my village stepped in to help me because I was like, I have to work. I can't, I can't <laughs> deal with this. And I think about if it were not for, and I, I really get emotional, if it were not for those people who were supportive of me, who gave to me when they didn't. My my aunt's best friend, family friend, still a family friend to this day, she purchased every last school supply I needed to go to college. Yeah. Every last school supply. And if it weren't for these intricate pe these people who were int intricate in my life, help just stepping in, not because anyone asked them, because they saw something and they stepped in and they, I would not be who I am. And so I don't, I feel such a weighted obligation Yes. to share what yes. I know. Me, me and my one good friend, uh, Tiana, we went to law school together. She's an IP attorney. Hey, Tiana. <laughs> because we, she comes to mind uh, because we watched Professor Fairfax introduce a judge, right? Uh -huh. uh, and um, she texted me and she was like, this is us. I was like, but I mentioned her because she's a part of my village. And we recently had a conversation about what it takes for all of us to really make it through. And if support. it to, to support. And if it weren't for all of the people that are interconnected to make this work, she and I calls out, we call ourselves Robin Hoods. Because oh, we feel oh. like this weight, this weighted obligation to take everything that I know, everything that is a seemingly secret yeah. <laughs> to take yes. it and to apply it in a way that works best for those who look like me to yeah. make it, it to, to, you know, we, we, we say we're, we're stealing this knowledge, which we're not, not stealing I actually paid a healthy price for all of the knowledge. <laughs> we did, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to translate it, to translate that, to really see lives change. It is really a, a burden that I cannot really articulate with words. I, I want to see greatness in, in everyone. And I hope that like when I, like how I started, when I get to the end of my life and everyone is talking about me, that they are not talking about what I've accomplished, but who I have helped. And yes. who I changed, and to to have an imprint like that in someone's life is just, I don't, I, I can't. It's immeasurable. It. It's immeasurable. Yes, yes. It it's that's what I want to do with my practice. And well, <laughs> you're you're doing it, and you literally answered my my last question. I like to ask people, you know, what hope, what 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 do they hope, you know, what excuse me, what impact do they hope to leave? Um you know, behind, like, what are they working towards? And you, you just answered it. 
that's that's yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed this this conversation and you know speaking of village support is very very important you know and I've been like you I've been very grateful to be sitting here um doing what I do and how I do it with the people that I do it with man you know it's my family my you know my mom my dad is chill he's all about I got five dollars and a cup of coffee I love you you love me we're good right <laughs> but my mom is more like no you got to do this you got to excel you got to blah, 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 put your all into everything they have been my sister too I don't want to get a text message later like what about me um they have just been so supportive you know I had my son in my 20s and I had to make a decision, you know, do I stay here in Brooklyn or do I go, you know, away to law school? I made the choice. I bet on myself. Mm. And my parents were like, don't worry about a thing. Yeah. Don't worry about a thing. You need to focus on education. Get your education. Do what you need to do. We will be right here. Mm-hmm. And so without them, you know, I don't know where I'd be. I don't even want to imagine it. I just don't, you know? And unfortunately there are so many little girls and boys who look just like us, or even that don't look like us, right? Mm -hmm. That don't have that safety net. They don't have that support system that they value. Um, And it sounds like you bring that safety net, not only to your family, not only to our legacy matters, not only to community impact, but to your law firm. And that's big. That's oh, it. you're gonna make me cry because it's no, been a week. Don't cry. <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> it's big. It really, really is big, and it's why I love interviewing and 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 just working alongside people who understands that this is so much bigger than you. Yeah, it just is. And I'm gonna leave it on that note because I'm getting emotional. <laughs> And the people do not want to see two brown people crying. (laughs) They do not. So I, you know, everything that you have said, everything that I've gotten from you, um, I I just sum it up to you care. Like you really care. Um, And that is amazing. And thank you for what you do and your contributions. Keep doing it. Stay away from the TV. No more confirmation. Anything for you. I didn't even know what was happening. My friend actually texted me. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm so busy. Go, go, go. I did not want to sit down and look at anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I just, I'm taking a break from it. I'm taking I just want to know when it's when it's done. And mm-hmm. in our state, we also had um kind of a you know similar win. Judge Angela Eves mm-hmm. yes, got appointed yes, yes. to the Court of Appeals. Yes. That's amazing. I was actually with her at our board meeting last night. And, um, you know, we gave her this beautiful, well, the board gave her this beautiful bouquet of flowers and a nice card. And we listened to her, you know, tell her story about when she first started. Wow. And um, the teeny tiny room that she was in, you know, interviewing and trying to settle a case. And she barely had any experience, right? Wow. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, huh, I'm, I'm sitting next to, you know, Judge Eves, yeah. you know, this is someone who I've, I've served on the board with for three plus years now, almost four, I believe, you know, so if that is not a testament of 
how you can start in a cramped room and, you know, work your way up to a huge bench. Yes. Oh, that's so good. It's amazing. Oh, that's so amazing. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So with that said, Sherry Fleming, thank you so much for being here today. If um, clients want to get in contact with you or just anybody wants to get in contact with you, um, what is the best uh, contact method? So the best contact method is to go to my website. It's sherryfleming.com, my first name, last name.com. You can complete a contact us form. You can also find uh, my number on there, which is 410-316-6800 to give us a call and we will uh, contact you immediately. We have uh, a chat option. If you want to chat online, okay. uh, that is an option as well. But uh, contact us through our website website. It's uh, the quickest way to get a hold of us and we will be uh, in contact with you soon. Well, thank you, Sherry. My name is Marie Eve G. Baptiste, uh, owner and CEO of the Saini Law Firm. Please follow and subscribe uh, the Saini Law Firm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all of the social media um, options. We are definitely on there. I even think we're on Google Plus. I don't even do anything on Google Plus. Um, please, please, you know, like and subscribe. If you guys have any questions, send us an email at info at Sherry, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I can't thank you enough. And I look forward to seeing you just kicking ass and speaking on stages for 20 years. Good gosh almighty. It's a lot, but thank you for having me. This was a needed moment in my, my week. And so I'm just grateful. Thank you. I'm grateful for the laughter. Hopefully we brought some light your way because I know you brought some light for our audience. Thank you. Bye everyone.